Hey everyone, this is Jamie Austin, pastor of Woodlake Church. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to know more about Woodlake, head on over to woodlake.church and enjoy this message. I really feel the Lord wants us to go to his word and, and talk about anger and offense today. I think the devil does his best work in the area of, best work, that's kind of an oxymoron there. And, uh, the, devil, the devil is very crafty and gifted in the area of, of, of anger and offense. And we can find ourselves snagged up in this stuff and struggling um, and not even realize it sometimes. So let, let's, talk about, let's talk about it, okay, especially when it comes to anger. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, You've heard that it was said to people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. I always love it when people go, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. I'm under the new covenant. I'm like, you don't want to play that game. Can I have an amen? Jesus takes it up. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin, but anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. It's this idea that Jesus is dealing with. It's this, well, as long as I don't commit murder, I'm okay. Right? If you're familiar with the context and with this passage, that Jesus deals with some other things. He talks about adultery. He said, you know, adultery is wrong, but I'll tell you, if you even lust after another woman in your heart, you've committed adultery. Jesus just takes it up. But this idea is this, well, as long as I don't hit this marker, then, then I'm fine. And Jesus says, no, you're not fine. And I think there's some moments we got to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, when I look at God's word and listen to the Holy Spirit, I need to quit, quit telling myself I'm fine when I'm not. Anger. Outrage. And when offense and anger seeps into the body of Christ, whether real or perceived, it can cause disunity. And Paul says this in Ephesians, he says this in Ephesians 4, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another. That word bearing means carry, okay? Bearing with one another and, and make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And, and man, I don't know about you, but there are days that I'm not completely humble, gentle, patient, or willing to bear with anybody. I call those Mondays. But Paul says this, make every effort to keep the unity, say unity, unity. of the spirit. Jesus is, is the personified person here, the, the bond of peace. Make every effort. The truth is, we don't make every effort. Listen to your pastor here today. This word unity means oneness. We need to make every effort to keep oneness, Right? Okay, so husbands, let's keep it real. This has probably happened at your house. Does your wife sometimes like to hide your clothes? I'm just kidding. Let me tell you what happens in my house. I'll, I'll look for something for a little bit in my closet. I can't find it. And I will go to my wife and say, Hunt, where's this whatever, shirt or, or pair of pants, whatever. And she'll say, did you look everywhere? 
uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. And then if my wife can walk into my closet without breaking eye contact with me, reach her hand and pull out exactly what I was looking for. She says, you did everything. You looked everywhere. And the reality is I didn't. And what am I trying to say here today? Wood Lake family, and if you're a guest here today, you are a part of the family. It is vital that we as the body of Christ make every effort to keep the unity of the spirits through the bond of peace. That means you're going to have to bear with me, and there are days I'm going to have to bear with you. Being completely humble and, and, and gentle, and boy, we need the help of the Lord to do that, don't we? Anger, offense have been linked to physical disorders. One study recently said this, that they can be linked to headache, digestion problems, abdominal pain, insomnia, increased anxiety, depression, high blood pressure, heart attack, and even stroke. It's amazing. It's amazing how offense and anger can, can get its hooks in us. 1944, U.S. forces had recaptured the island of Guam. There was a Japanese soldier by the name of Shoichi Yokoi, and if you speak Japanese here today, you know that I butchered that name. But when the island was recaptured, he went into hiding and did not come out of hiding until 1972. 28 years hiding in a cave. I'd, I'd like to connect that to what happens when we get offended and angry. We somehow, some way, go into hiding. We justify it. Thinking, you know what, I'm just being protective. I'm not going to let myself get hurt again. I, I'm going to keep people at an arm's length. I, I'm just not going to go there again. And before we know it, instead of really being in hiding, what we really are is we're in prison. We're in bondage. And that's not the will of God for the people of God. Can I have an amen? You're taking notes today. I want to give us three things how to deal with this. going to be very practical today. Um, how to deal with, with anger and offense. First one is this. If you're taking notes, get away. Now, I'm not saying run away. But there are times we need to pay attention that maybe people are our triggers. In fact, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 24 says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. This proverb is very clear. We've got to be careful to avoid, listen to this, chronically angry people. This happens in the church all the time. I have seen people get upset, angry, and offended simply by the people they were with. And we live in a world, let's keep it real, that loves to be offended, don't we? I'm not saying some offenses aren't real. Listen to me. There are some things that you're not bothered by until someone lets you know that you should be bothered by them. And if you aren't bothered by them, they're going to be bothered by it on your behalf. I, I think in, instead, of, instead of, 
I think we need to be careful that maybe the devil is really working overtime in the world today. There are times we need to recognize, am I around people who are chronically angry, chronically offended? We all got those people in our life. You just know they're going to be offended. You see them coming, don't you? And they got a look on their face. You don't even have to, you don't even have to guess what they're thinking. They have found a way to be, oh, that, was, that was really rough, wasn't it? Sorry. There. All right, that was, that was a little tough there. Okay. Have you found those people that find a way to be offended? Yes. They, just, they just find a way. You just know they're going to be offended. Somebody didn't talk to them at church. Therefore, minimum six-month angry period. Where's your husband at? Well, somebody didn't talk to him three and a half months ago, so he's not coming. Oh, pastor's getting real. We don't like this, do we? I'm all up in your business this morning. It's because I love you. Okay, listen to me. Um, Communication. Uh, There's a stat recently put out that when it comes to communication, only 7% of what is communicated is communicated through spoken words. 38% is voice and tone. Voice and tone. 55% is body language. I'm having a flashback right now. So does you, did, you, did you have a mom that said things that didn't make sense at all? Yeah. Stop your crying or I'll give you something to cry about. cry about. My mom believed in time travel. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you in the middle of next week. <laughs> My mom had all these sayings, right? <laughs> but I can remember if I was upset about something, I'm just pouting and she would say something like this, you fix your face. How many of your parents ever said that to you? <laughs> Fix your face, right? You can tell when someone's been offended. I, and I'm, I'm not saying offense is not real. Please, please hear, don't hear what I'm not saying. I just think we need to pay attention that the devil is working overtime in this area. And maybe, just maybe, there are some members of the body of Christ who are kept in bondage because they've been snagged by an offense, either real or or perceived, real or perceived. Scripture says this, Jesus said it, Matthew 5, 24, first go and be reconciled to your brother before you offer sacrifice and worship. I find it interesting. Throughout Scripture, even if you go to Matthew 17, Matthew 18, um, the responsibility of reconciliation is placed on the person who is offended or sinned against. That is the opposite of the world, right? We don't want to face our problems. We want to, we want to Facebook our problems. <laughs> now listen to me. I love you. (laughs) Scripture is very clear. We're going to be held accountable for every idle word. And somehow, I'm not even going to talk about the world. Let's talk about Jesus' followers. Somehow we've made this disconnect between this and this. And we need to remember they're connected. In fact, let me say this. What you say on Facebook says more about you than it does about what you're talking about. 
And let's keep it real. How many of us are friends with people because you just enjoy watching the dumpster fire that is their life? You see what so-and-so is going through right now? Let's have fun with it. Entertainment. Could it be that some of us have crossed over into being nothing more than entertainment value for, a, for the world? And the devil's sitting there laughing his head off. We need to go and be reconciled to our brother. We need to make an effort. Matthew 18, Jesus said, if you've been sinned against, go to your brother or sister. Show them their faults. Keep the matter between the two of you. The goal is reconciliation and restoration and healing. The problem is we'd rather pout. Instead of letting the Lord do what the Lord does. It's amazing. The word works when we work the word. Can I say that again? The word works when we work the word. Here's what I have found. Most of the time when somebody is offended, the person that offended them doesn't even know they offended them. I love you. Will you, will you let, me, let, me, let me be really direct. Just because somebody walks past you in the hallways at church probably doesn't mean they hate you and want to burn your house down. I'm just, that's just a wild guess. Could it be that maybe they just didn't see you? The foyer was crowded. Their mind was somewhere else. They might have just checked their kids into the nursery, and they just trying to find a cup of coffee somewhere. Can I have an amen? amen? Maybe, maybe they are not pronouncing curses over your life just because they were just trying to find a cup of coffee. Are you with me? This is going to blow you away. Maybe they had a rough morning, and they just barely made it here. And them affirming you and making you feel welcome, needed, and love is not the top of their priority list. Maybe they got a doctor's report, and that's on their mind. Maybe they just got in a fight with their spouse on their way to church. I know that doesn't happen at Woodlake, but I hear at other churches it happens, okay? <laughs> maybe instead of being offended... Maybe I need to realize that whatever I'm feeling, it might be rooted in some other issue in my life. Maybe an unmet need, maybe a, a, a trauma as a kid, maybe a wound or, or something like that. What am I trying to say here today? If I'm not willing to reconcile with my brother or sister, then, then maybe I need to get some help. And listen, this is, a, this is a commercial for another day. We just came out of a series on the gifts of the Spirit, but, but uh, uh, the gifts of uh, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Uh, you heard me say this. I believe there are godly, spirit-filled counselors. Come on, somebody. Could it be that there is a, there is a gift? People are gifted by the Holy Spirit to be good counselors. Uh, I, I want to challenge you. Maybe it's time to take ownership of how I feel and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to go to your word. I'm going to surrender things to you. But maybe I've hit a place in my life. I need to go and, and find a good, godly, spirit-filled counselor and let them operate in the gifts of the Spirit in my life to bring freedom and healing. I know a lot of times in the church world, especially in Pentecostal 
churches, man, we, we, word of faith, we, man, bless God, we're going to pray our way through, we're going to faith our way through, and that's all good, and, and, and we need that. But I do believe there are people gifted by God to help. Yeah. Amen? Amen. And, and, and if you need to help finding a good counselor, you contact our office. We work with several across the Tulsa area uh, that God uses in a very powerful way. Let me go back to it here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. How do we operate in that? That's a tough passage, right? Because I am an external processor. My wife is an internal processor. That means she is careful with her words. And me, I am like a fire hose of of language and talk and you know how do we work that out then okay we're not going to bed no i had a counselor tell me one time they said you know what deal with it in 24 hours sometimes you got to step back and get some breathing room can i have an amen Amen. have you ever gotten an argument with somebody and boy you were ready to like throw hands right (laughs) i mean you were like here we go you were getting into it and it really really if you had just stepped back and, and taken a breath you'd have been okay Right? Deal with it within 24 hours. But Jamie, I, I've done my part. I've gone to them. I've asked for forgiveness. I, I, I told them how they offended me. And, you know, and, and listen to this. Their response is not our responsibility. Paul says, in, says this in Romans chapter 12 and verse 18. As far as it depends on you, live at peace maybe the best thing we can do is not listen to me fix them do my part and live in peace so first first thing get away here's the second thing get control proverbs 29 verse 11 a fool gives full vent to his anger but a wise man keeps himself under control this under control brings with it the picture of stilling a storm, holding a storm back. But a fool gives full vent to our anger. Uh, let, me, let me say it this way. There are people that say, well, I just speak my mind. I'm just blunt. No, you're just mean. Because we use those, we, uh, let's keep it real, folks. We use those phrases all, I just tell it like it is. We use those phrases, and I be, I'll be honest with you, I think most of the time it's just an opportunity for somebody to be mean and angry. Well, Jamie, I just need to give them a piece of my mind. You've heard me say this before. They don't need it, and you can't afford it. Proverbs ten nineteen says it this way. When words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. One version says this, where words are many, sin is sure. Sure. I've never gotten myself in trouble by things I didn't say. Have you ever said something and like the moment you said it, you're like, mistake, mistake, mistake. The early circuit writers, preachers, would be trained in many respects, but one of them was this, is pay attention to the time. Yeah. 
one particular group of circuit rider preachers would, when they would go into house to minister, they were taught that after a certain amount of time, they were literally just to get up and walk out. Why? Because they knew the longer they talked, that sin was sure. Maybe our action step here today, Woodlake Family, is this, is when we're offended or snagged by anger and an offense, that, that maybe we need to limit our language. That's good preaching, isn't it? Fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and here we go, self-control. Self-control. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I love that we just came off a series on the gifts of the Spirit, and let's keep it real. If you were raised in a Pentecostal church, hallelujah, we love talking about the gifts, but the reality is we need to talk about fruit. We need to talk about fruit, and one of those is is self-control. And, and may I challenge us with this idea today that when I get up in the morning, maybe as I'm going through my morning routine, part of, of this is when I, when I say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Not just clothe me with your power that I may be your witness, but Lord, may you produce this fruit in my life, the, the personhood of Jesus. One of the main functions of the Holy Spirit is not just to empower you, but to make you like Jesus, to make us like Jesus. And Lord, I need you today. Holy Spirit, I need the fruit of self-control. There's going to be opportunity to be angry, to be offended. There's going to be an opportunity for somebody to tap on some, some wound that I have nursed for a long time. And Lord, there's going to be opportunity for me to, to, to give full vent to my anger. But Holy Spirit, help me operate in self-control. Self-control. Here's the last thing, and this is going to sound mean, but let me say it, and then we'll unpack it, okay? Get over it. My inner soundtrack just started playing. The movie Frozen, let it go, let it go. Now listen, I am... I want to be very careful here. I'm not trying to belittle wounds and pains. There's not a person sitting in this room who's not been wounded by somebody else. So, so let me say this. If you're offended and you're wounded, you're normal. In fact, let me say it this way. If you're offended and wounded, you're not special. In fact, some of us have lived with offense and anger and wounds for so long, we think that's what identifies us. And the only reason we keep acting the way we do is we wouldn't know how to act otherwise. We wouldn't know how to act if we were actually set free. Proverbs 19.11. A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. The writer of Proverbs is saying right there that a wise person knows better than to hold grudges. It's sideways 
energy. It drains us. Woodlake family, let me keep it real. I'm thinking about going to another church because somebody did X, Y, and Z. X, Y, and Z will happen at the next church. And the devil wins. With God's help, may we allow the Lord to heal anger and offense and wounds. But Jamie, I'm right. Me too. It's not about being right. It's about being righteous. And my dad used to say this all the time. He said, you can be right and still be wrong. All the married people said it. Is it better to win the argument or save your marriage? Do we need to be respected that much or do we still want to have a relationship with our kids in the next 20 years? Lord, help us. Several years ago, I was at the office and my friend Greg Robinson called me. He said, hey man, let's go fishing. I love to fish, I love the outdoors. I said, man, let's go. I gotta, I gotta go get my, my, my pole, my tackle box. He said, no, 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 we're not gonna do that type of fishing. We're gonna go spoonbill fishing. Now, some of you have no idea what a spoonbill is. I'm going to show you a picture in just a moment. You don't fish with them with bait. You, you fish with them with what they call a snagging pole. <laughs> you stand on the bank. In this case, we went to the Grand River. It's on the other side of Pryor. And you sling this thing out across the river, and then you jerk it through the water, trying to randomly snag a fish. It's a workout. So we sit there. We're throwing this thing, throwing this thing. Greg's coaching me. Finally, I I throw it out there, and I hook one. It was awesome. There goes the line, pulling line. I mean, I'm fighting this thing. I don't know how long it took me to get it in. But it took a long time. In fact, I think we have a picture right there somewhere. There it is right there. You see how big that thing is? I know. I finally got it onto the bank. I'm like, Greg, take my picture. (laughs) And it was awesome. He's like, you ready to do it again? I'm like, no. It was a workout. Randomly snag this fish and bring it in. What am I trying to say? 
I really feel like that's how the devil works within the body of Christ. Throws a random hook of offense out there. And, and we all got them. Something that's us, right? Or something we didn't know it's us, but somebody told us we should be offended, so we get offended too. We get, we get, we get sucked in by somebody who's trying to build their team. Y'all with me? All of a sudden, we get hauled away. Are you snagged today? I believe the Lord wants to heal us. Now, here's the, here's, let me say this. You can be offended in your faith. Jesus said this to John the Baptist when John was struggling with who Jesus was. We don't like to talk about this scripture. Jesus said this to John. John, blessed are those who do not fall away on account of me. Or one, one version says it this way. Blessed are those who are not offended by me. Jesus was not doing what John thought he should do. Blessed are those who are not offended with me. What am I trying to say here today? You and I will have opportunities, multiple opportunities to be offended with our faith, with the body of Christ, with the church, with a fellow believer, and Jesus himself. Are you snagged today? Now let me preach for just a second. You see this massive hook that's on here? You'll notice on the hook there are no barbs. A barb is that little part of the, the hook, the back part, that, that once the hook goes in, it won't come out. Does that make sense? On this, there are no barbs. Why is that? Because by law... The hook has to be able to come out without damaging the fish where it could be released. Does that make sense? So although it hurts, it doesn't kill the fish. The hook has to be able to come out. What am I trying to say here today? You may be snagged by offense and anger and hurt, but oh, thank God that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Can I have an amen? That has to come out. You're with me here today? I'm so thankful that greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. The hook has to come out. Amen? Amen. Amen. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, folks. The hook has to come out. Amen? And if you're here today and you're struggling, man, you've been snagged by something. I just really feel, and some of you are like, don't you hate it when it feels like the message is for nobody but you? Could it be, though, that the Lord wants to set you free today? You've been hung up. Somebody hurt you. Somebody offended you. And instead of living life more abundantly, as Jesus said, he would bring us. We live snagged. Let me encourage you folks today. That's not the will of God. And I believe the Lord wants to set us free today. Amen. Can I invite everyone in here to bow your heads and simply close your eyes in this place as we close? The reason I do this every week is real simple. Because every time the Bible is open, 
no one is off limits. And I want to challenge everybody in this place to say, Lord, what did I need to hear today? Maybe you're with us today and you'd say, Jamie, I am not where I need to be with the Lord. Maybe I've Maybe it's because you've been hurt, you've been offended, but, but to be real honest, you just say, you know what, as you've been talking this morning, I'm not, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you've never had a relationship with the Lord, or maybe you're here today and you've, you've had religion, but you've never surrendered your life to the Lord. Well, why not? I say this every week, that God loves you and there is nothing you can do about it. In fact, the Word says that God loved us so much, He gave His only Son, Jesus, to pay the penalty for all of our sin and all of our mistakes. Then the Bible says it this way, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Here it is. Do you need to be saved today? If that's you, you'd say, Jamie, that's me. I need to say yes to Jesus. On the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. Hold it for just a moment, and and you can put it back down, and then we're all going to pray, every one of us, okay? You say, Jamie, that's me. I need to leave here today forgiven. I need to leave here today knowing that I am right with God because of what Jesus Christ did for me. If that's you on the count of three, we just raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. There's somebody watching online right now. Pastor Dennis is right there ready to pray with you. You let him know you're saying yes to the Lord. We want to connect with you even if you're watching online. Is there anybody else? I'll wait just a moment. Anybody else? You're saying yes to the Lord. I'm not trying to trick you into joining Woodlake, although you'd be welcome here. I'm, I'm just inviting you to say yes to Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite everyone to just repeat this prayer with me. And if you're saying yes to the Lord, let me be your pastor for just a moment. But, but this is why we turn the lights on. It's for people to come to know Jesus. And if that's you here today, in fact, I want everyone to pray this prayer. You're not going to pray alone. We simply call it the prayer of faith. And I just want to lead you in this. Everyone say it. Dear Jesus, you are the son of God. You died for me, for my sin, in my place. Come into my life, forgive me, and make me new. And from this day forward, with your help, I'm all yours. In your name I pray, amen. At Woodlake Church, our passion is to help you connect with God, find your sweet spot in ministry, and grow in your faith. Everyone is welcome at Woodlake. If you've never been to church before in your life, or if you're a lifelong Christian, Woodlake is a place where you can experience real and lasting spiritual growth. Music is upbeat. The messages are straight from God's Word. They're very practical. We also have great programs for infants through 12th grade. I mean, we have something for everyone. Come check us out this weekend. I promise you'll be glad you did.